Welcome to the Families of Character show. I'm your host, Jordan Langdon, and as a wife, mom, and licensed clinical social worker, you get practical parenting stories, research-based parenting solutions, and most of all, support. Lean in and let yourself be inspired and reminded of the gifts you have as a parent. Let's jump right in. Welcome back, parents. I'm Jordan Langdon here with another episode for parents. Listen, how many times have you been sitting at your desk at work with a barrage of worrisome thoughts just swirling around in your head and you kind of notice your heart beat faster and you start feeling restless or even mentally paralyzed, like you're not sure what to do next because there's so many things running through your mind or Better yet, you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like someone has literally just hijacked your brain and dumped a million random thoughts in there that you can't shut off. And then you're not able to fall back asleep because of it. You know what I'm talking about, that type of kind of swirling anxiety that ends up getting your stomach in knots. It makes you feel flush or warm. It's awful. There's kind of this heaviness of anxiety that overcomes you. My friends and I kind of joke about this because it happens so frequently. and We refer to it as the hamster on the wheel. I don't know about you, but my hamster is working overtime. I'm talking cardiac arrest for this poor little rodent. It is awful. I've got this vision of this little hamster with a sweatband and a tank top and gym shorts and long socks with stripes around him his little running shoes, and this yellow hamster wheel, and his tongue's like hanging out to the side, and he's just, I gotta keep going, I gotta keep going, I gotta keep going, but he's about to fall off the wheel because there's so much, he's going so fast. So in this episode, let's talk about what you can do to stop the hamster on the wheel, get control of your thoughts so you can calm down and process what you're thinking and return to normal functioning. Sound good? Okay, listen to this. Crazy. According to a recent survey done by the IOL in London, they surveyed 2,000 people. About 86% of them described themselves as worriers. 86%. That's a lot. And the research revealed that we spend on average one hour and 50 minutes a day fretting. That amounts to 12 hours and 53 minutes a week, or four years and 11 months, almost five years of worrying across the average adult lifetime. Wow. This survey also found that 84% of people have lost sleep because of worrying. So if you thought it was just you, good news. We're pretty much all in the same boat. Let's see if you can identify with the top most common worries. There's 10 of them. Here they are. Work, financial concerns, being late, worrying about a loved one's health, worrying about your own health, worrying about relationships, about missing your ride, your train or your bus ride or your Uber, not waking up to your alarm, worrying about your appearance, Worrying about your family's safety. Any of those stand out to you as your most common anxiety or worry right now? Well, if 86% of us 
our worriers, instead of getting down and depressed about it and feeling that that's a label that is upon us that we are just stuck to and, and victim to, no way, man. Let's let's just figure out what to do when it happens. When we've got that barrage of anxiety and those racing thoughts coming at us, let's have a plan for how we're going to respond to that situation. I've been counseling clients for over 20 years, so my sample size is quite large when it comes to helping people that have anxiety. And I can tell you with certainty, the number one most effective intervention for kicking that hamster off the wheel or interrupting worrisome thoughts is moving the body. Think about when you're most anxious. Usually you're in a sedentary position. You're sitting down or you're lying in bed. Your body is still, but your mind is active. One of the very best things you can do to get some immediate relief from those anxious thoughts is simply to stand up. Standing up is an active choice you have to make, which in and of itself kicks a few of those racing thoughts offline because of what it takes just for your brain to get your body to go from sitting or lying to a standing position. Then once you kind of begin to walk around or move, those remaining thoughts scurry off to other corners of your mind and you begin to feel some relief. Try this. Next time you feel that wave of anxiety or notice the hamsters on the wheel, just stand up. Notice the feeling of the floor beneath your feet. Draw your attention to the weight of your body. There's a heaviness in your body when you tune into it and you really take time to feel what that's like in the bottom of your feet, all your weight resting on your legs, on your knees, on your ankles, in your feet. You pay close attention to what you feel inside your body. So this means that you're engaging your senses. You're noticing what you feel in your extremities, your hands, your arms, your shoulders, your legs, your core. Once your mind starts wandering back and kind of hijacking you again and and going to those worrisome thoughts, you direct your attention back to what you can feel in your feet. You're standing upright. Can I feel the weight of my body in my feet? And then you can kind of do a body scan. So I like to start with my feet, actually. A lot of people go head to toe. I like to go bottom up where I am connecting with the floor. So the first thing I can feel for sure are my feet connected to the ground. And then I just scan the body up and go flex my calves a little bit and then release them. I can feel that muscle so I know I'm connected to myself. I'm grounded in a sense of reality in real time. And then I move back up to my knees. What do my knees feel like? Maybe I feel a little more pain in one knee or the other or I just notice my knees, and then I move up to the thigh area, and then to the buttocks, and then the abdomen, and then I notice my abdomen, and that there's breath in my abdomen, and so I can draw my attention to the breath coming in and out, and then kind of 
get into that rhythm of following my breath in and out. And while you're doing that, your anxiety cannot keep up with you. Okay. And again, anytime your thoughts float away, you just bring your attention back to that body part that you are honing in on at the time. So that's a body scan. Now, listen, if you're having trouble tuning into your body, you've tried that and you're still feeling hijacked by all these thoughts. There are a few other things that you can do that help interrupt the thoughts as well. One is to just run your hands under cold, cold water or even hold ice cubes in your hand. So I always tell people, if you're out at dinner with someone and you feel a wave of anxiety, one of the best things you can do is excuse yourself politely, go to the restroom. Everyone uses a restroom at a restaurant. Go into the bathroom, whether you have to go or not, come out. Wash your hands at the sink and just pay attention to what the water feels like on your hands. Notice what the soap smells like. Rub it around on your hands and really pay attention to what you see, what you smell. This, again, regulates those thoughts and helps to decrease the intensity of the anxiety and interrupt the flow of the anxious thoughts so that you can get back together and go back to the table. Okay. Holding ice in your hands. This is a technique that is taught to people often in a psychiatric hospital setting. If they have a habit of doing something to harm themselves when they feel overwhelmed or anxious. So you've heard of people cutting on their wrists or burning themselves or scratching themselves. Well, obviously, these things cause scarring, which leads to shame down the road. You may have done it once, but now you have these scars, and so you're reminded of something that you did that may have a negative uh, feeling for you. And so instead of that, you can hold ice in your hands, and it has the same physiological um, response on the body, but doesn't leave that scarring. So um, it's fine to use that too. If you are up in the middle of the night, you have a new baby, you're feeling very anxious and overwhelmed. That's something that you can do that will kind of automatically interrupt the thoughts. And what you want to do is you want to look at the ice with your eyes. You want to feel it. You want to look at the color of your hands, how it changes as it gets colder and watch the ice cube melt. Okay. Again, Engaging all your senses helps you connect with the core of who you are, the safety in knowing that you're in control and it brings the intensity down. You know, if if it's in the middle of the night and you don't want to do ice, some people will take a warm bath. And you can kind of, sp- again, pay special attention to the sound of the water running into the tub and Tune into the smell of the soap as you lather yourself up and then watch your body. Look at your natural body as you're in the bathtub and pay special attention to your abdomen as you breathe. That breath is grounding you and keeping you safe and alive. And so if you can watch your breath move through your body, it again calms those thoughts and gets you settled down. Another one that people will do is is to jump in a shower and then rapidly fluctuate the temperature of the water from hot to cold, hot to cold. Definitely works too. You've heard of people like Tony Robbins jumping in an ice bath before he goes on stage to give a big 
um, exciting, energetic talk. That's because it interrupts the flow of any self-doubt or anxiety and gets you supercharged and energized to be focused and on point. So again, a physiological way to interrupt the flow of um, ruminating thoughts, worrisome thoughts in doing something like an ice bath. Whatever it is you choose to do, there's so many other things. You can do jumping jacks, push-ups, you know, sit against the wall for a while, feel the burn in your legs. That stuff works, okay? The point of them is just to move the body so the mind calms down. It's funny because I think sometimes we we really think that we're pretty complex as human beings, and the truth is we aren't. We are not effective at multitasking. So um, worrisome thought or anxiety, it, it contributes to a lack of control. We feel like someone hijacked our mind. But when your body is active, like physically moving or standing, your thoughts can't keep up. They settle down. You cannot do both. You can't be moving your body and be managing multiple racing thoughts at the same time. You'll hear people that will say, man, the best way to clear my mind is to go for a long run. Why is that? Because you're moving your body for so long, your mind can't hold on to 10, 20, 30 to-dos or these looming anxious thoughts. It just can't. And so you get very clear and maybe one particular thought, one prioritized thought will stay on your mind. And then as you're moving your body, you're able to process that thought more effectively. Listen, anxiety is not something I want you to be afraid of. I know there's a lot of stigma out there. There's a lot of mental health um, message going on about, you know, everybody's anxious, everybody needs Xanax, everybody needs just a quick fix because uh, we're all so, so overwhelmed and and anxious. Well, I'm a therapist and I'm going to say, if you learn to recognize anxiety and what it's telling your body, Hey there, parents. Let's take a quick pause. If you're tired of crawling into bed at night, feeling like you failed your spouse and kids, are tired of running at the speed of light and feeling like you're nagging and yelling all the time, I've got a resource for you. Designed for busy families just like yours, our thriving family accelerator was created in direct response to seeing many couples struggle with the stress and demands of parenting while constantly feeling like they're failing. The truth is, you can be wildly in love with your spouse while raising kids, and you can enjoy a relationship with your kids where you're no longer nagging and yelling. Picture this. Love and connection are abundant in your marriage. You're parenting as a united team, and you're enjoying a true friendship with your spouse where you can laugh and kick back like old times. Are you ready to accelerate connection and unity in your marriage and family? Then join us for the next Thriving Family Accelerator from the comfort of your own home. Spots will sell out soon, so click the link in our show notes to sign up or 
go to our website, familiesofcharacter.com, and click the Shop tab. Now, back to the episode. Oftentimes, you don't need any medication to help yourself to recover from that anxious spell, that um, episode of anxiety or panic. Anxiety is your mind telling you you're capable of something, but you aren't doing anything about it. Now, isn't that a cool concept? Like, wow, when I get anxious, you mean it, it could actually mean that my brain is recognizing that I have the power within myself to solve this problem, but I'm just not acting on it? Yeah. Yes, I want you to chew on that and consider that. Usually we get anxious because we have a lot of things on our mind. Okay, so multiple things and ideas on our mind, but we aren't actually moving beyond that. We aren't making time to think through each thing and come up with a plan for doing the thing. There's more about this entire concept in episode 25 of our podcast with Andy Hickman. It's called From Overwhelm to Ease. I'd recommend that you check that out for kind of a deeper dive on that whole concept of kind of thinking of a lot of things versus making plans to execute on a thing so that it falls off your plate and it's not something that keeps recurring for you. But again, consider the idea that anxiety or worry is your brain saying, get up and do something here. You're capable. Another really cool thing that anxiety tells us is it warns us if we're in danger, right? If your family is being threatened or someone comes upon you and um, you can sense some danger, you will receive thoughts that you should get away or move back. Again, anxiety. It feels uh, unfamiliar or We get worried or terrified of the anxious feelings that arise in the insides of our body, that racing heart, that feeling of being flush or our mind swirling and we feel paralyzed. But if we could say, oh, I know what this is, then we can take a couple very specific steps and coping skills to manage that. So again, just think. Anxiety means we need to move our body to interrupt the thoughts, get back in touch with our senses through an exercise like breathing, body scan, holding ice cubes. And then the third step is to take the thoughts that are on your mind and dump those onto paper. That helps to evacuate those little rodents from the corner of your mind, okay? Once you've done that, you then open yourself up to the possibility about doing something productive about those thoughts that are circling on your mind, getting active, and then making decisions to solve a problem there. I can tell you that all of my clients who suffered from chronic or episodic anxiety or worry, if they used these three steps to manage their anxiety, they reported relief every time. Stand up, Engage the senses with a body scan or ice or or jumpy jacks. So get into your senses and then write down your thoughts. It's that simple. We don't have to overcomplicate this. It might not mean that you need therapy or medication, 
try it. Try this process first. And think about how you can use this same three-step process to help your anxious child. This works so well for kids. And plus, they're open and willing to try interventions like this. They love to move their bodies. As a matter of fact, uh, kids who are thinkers, a lot of kids who get improperly diagnosed with ADHD, they're thinkers. Their brains go so fast. They have to move their bodies multiple times in a day. Why? So that they can get control of their thoughts, so that their thoughts can slow down, they can catch up with them. Okay? I even layer another step in with this three-step process for myself. And that's what's cool about this process. It's simple, but then once you use it several times, you can kind of add in things that you know help for you specifically. So what I do is if I wake up in the middle of the night and I've got these thoughts on my mind, I'm starting to feel that rapid heart rate and not able to get back to sleep, I stand up out of bed give myself about, you know, 10 seconds to just kind of settle into to the standing position and I notice the weight of my body. And then I say to myself aloud, I'm okay, I'm safe, and I'm loved. I learned this from Mel Robbins. I love her. I follow her on social media, signed up for her coaching stuff. She's awesome. But she teaches this mantra and lives, lives by it. I repeat this mantra, this this you know, six words, I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm loved, with my hand on my heart. The point is so that I can feel my heartbeat. Your heart, like your breath, is sustaining your life. And so if you can connect to the beat of your heart and feel that, it's actually more difficult than you imagine to feel your heartbeat when you put your hand on your chest. it's You have to dig around for it a little bit. And sometimes I can't even find it. I have to go to my neck, to the artery and the side of my neck. But waiting it and searching until you can feel the beat of your heart and then tuning into it. It's so calming. And just to repeat that mantra, I'm okay, I am safe, I am loved. When you train yourself, to use your own body, something you don't have to pay for, something you don't have to outsource to someone else, but you use your own body to cope with issues, your confidence increases. And then if you think about it, the frequency at which you experience anxiety in the future decreases because your brain registers that you've helped yourself through something like this in the past. So it's like muscle memory. It says, oh, I recognize this. This is the hamster on the wheel. This is my cue to stand up, engage my senses, repeat my mantra, and then write things down. You guys, I've trained my eight-year-old daughter to do this at night when she's feeling anxious at bedtime. She does this on her own now, and it has dramatically cut down on the amount of time I used to spend soothing her, just trying to say the right words to help her calm down or feel comfortable and going to bed, but she's doing this herself. So imagine if you had learned this skill when you were just a young child, just like the research shows, you may have been in the 14 or 16% of people who have mastery over their thoughts and don't identify as a worrier. Don't you want that for your kids? By teaching them and guiding them through these steps, you are giving them time back in their life. 
You are saving them hours of needless worry and giving them the courage to help themselves. Wow. Yes, please sign me up. Okay. We have an awesome printable that you can download from your email that you receive from us every Tuesday that outlines this process for moving your body in order to calm your mind. And it's designed in a beautiful, fun, kid-friendly way. And we've actually included an adult version as well. So if you're not signed up to receive our weekly email newsletter, be sure you go to our website, familiesofcharacter.com, hit the subscribe button, and be sure to get on our mailing list. You guys, having a visual makes all the difference, especially when you're in the throes of worry and anxiety and you're having trouble calling to mind these skills because you're not familiar with them yet. Posting our printable will help keep those skills top of mind and really accessible to everybody in your family. Listen, you are part of a parent community who values growth, consistency, and change in your family unit. Now, I am here to support you as parents and help unify your family. That's what our mission is all about. So join us in our private Facebook group. Just search the Thrive Community by Families of Character if you're not a part of it already. The links to all these resources are in the notes for today's episode if you just scroll and click. And if you like what you heard today, forward this episode to a friend or family member. Imagine how many more listeners we could reach each week if every one of you listening sent it on to even just one more person. And hey, if you're interested in keeping the podcast and the freebies going, we'd love it if you'd consider a donation to our organization. We are a nonprofit. Your help really, truly allows us to continue to serve up ad-free podcasts, blogs, and a nice, clean website too. A link to donate is also in our show notes and at familiesofcharacter.com. Remember friends, moving the body calms the mind. Take good care and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Families of Character show.